0: Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca Gagan, and this is Waving Not Drowning, a UVic Bounce podcast. Today's episode is being recorded on the unceded and unsurrendered territories of the Wasanich and Lekwungen peoples. In today's episode of Waving Not Drowning, I talk with Dr. Violeta Yosub, an assistant teaching professor in the Department of Chemistry here at the University of Victoria. Violetta started at UVic in 2018. Prior to that, she taught chemistry to science majors, non-science majors and engineers for six years at the University of Calgary. Violetta was born and raised in Romania and came to Canada in 2005 on a student visa. She obtained her doctorate in organic synthesis from the University of Calgary. After 13 long and beautiful winters in Calgary, Violetta moved to Victoria, where she finds the weather and the landscape make her smile constantly. Violetta begins our wide ranging and really illuminating conversation by sharing her experience of losing her father last spring at the very start of the pandemic. And she talks about her experience of grief and of loss and what it was like and what it continues to be like to mourn her father at a time when it is impossible to gather, um, to really participate in those rituals of mourning that are so important. Violetta goes on to talk about and really share her story of being uh, an international student who left Romania and came to the University of Calgary to pursue a doctorate uh, in which she studied what she tells me is a very tiny molecule that the ladybug uh, produces. And she talks about really the sort of joys and challenges of being an international student and shares um, some pretty funny stories of her experiences of learning about Canada and how her friends and those in her circle really taught her about uh, Canadian culture. She ends our conversation by talking about the importance of being open to surprise and to allowing yourself to be surprised by the person that you might become. And along with this, she asks us to think about what it might mean to live in the present continuous, which is a verb tense that uh, Violetta explains um, doesn't exist uh, in her language. And that really is a tense that suggests a kind of doing. Um, an activeness and a way of really being fully engaged with life. I learned so much from this conversation and found in particular that I was very moved um, and really appreciate uh, Violetta's willingness to be so vulnerable and to talk about her experience of grief, since I know that many students in all kinds of different ways have been mourning losses and that our community, our UVic community has been mourning losses. And that as much as it is difficult to talk about those losses, that there can be comfort and support in sharing some of that grief with others. I'm Rebecca Gagan. Here today with Dr. Violetta Yosub, and this is Waving, Not Drowning. Welcome, Violetta. I'm so pleased that uh, you've been able to join me today.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: How have you uh, been doing this past almost a year now? It's hard to believe that uh, we're we're coming up on uh, almost a year of living through this pandemic and these very, um, very difficult times. Um, How have things been for you?
1: Well, I think for me, the pandemic started like, you know, like for everybody else. Um, So I started thinking about uh, my online classes and uh, what, you know, I was trying to get used to all the technology involved in delivering an online course and uh, learn about that, how to handle that. and. I had booked a flight for April 1st to go to Romania and uh, that that was canceled. That was about the time when everything started to when traveling started to be restricted. Right. And. uh, um, You know, soon after, my father um, had a stroke and even sooner after that, uh, he he died. So um, and i wasn't I wasn't able to, to travel home ever since and um, you know see my mom and see my sister and my brother and uh, it's it's a little bit surreal mm-hmm. and, you know the entire c- situation it's uh, you know I, I I read books about sometimes the, the possibility of not being able to say goodbye and now that it happened to me i just actually i I, i'm actually leaving that i i haven't said i haven't said goodbye to my father so it's very hard for my brain to um register that as a you know as a fair complete so
0: and i think um you know, just as somebody who, who hasn't experienced that kind of loss during the pandemic, I've only read about it. And it feels um, unimaginable to to me when I try to put myself in the shoes of someone like yourself, who's lost a loved one, a parent, um, a child, and who isn't able to say goodbye. I think even reading about it, it feels Unimaginable, because I think it seems unimaginable to um, to think about not being able to say goodbye. And so, uh, Violetta, you've shared that you you've you've not said goodbye.
1: No, I haven't said goodbye to my father. And um, yeah, it, it took a while. A lot of um, it took a lot of uh, time to handle the to handle you know, the loss and I, in all honesty, uh, I don't, sometimes I don't think of my father as not being here anymore. So.
0: That it feels suspended somehow that it didn't
1: happen. It. it, I know he's dead, but I kind of expect him to be home when I, when I get there eventually.
0: So how have you, um, like, how have you coped? Like, it sounds like you've obviously been grieving uh, through all of this, and working, so making this huge transition into online teaching at the same time, you know, is there something that has has helped you or comforted you?
1: I think, uh, you know, the fact that I had the routine of teaching, and I had to, you know, the pace was pretty intense enough. So this happened in uh, June, so that this was the second month of teaching online in the summer, and it you know that summer of 2020 was the first online summer that we that you Vic experienced and all the other universities right. actually and uh uh i had i was actually in in the middle of a crowdmark workshop when when i heard the news about my father so what that means is that i I'm never going to work with crowdmark.
0: Right. Yes. I can, nice. I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: yeah. So I guess the work, the routine of teaching and doing my job uh really helped and uh, you know, I I I didn't have to think about it because I had to think about other other things. I had to think about doing my job and uh I tried really hard not to let um I haven't told my class. I, I, you know, the day after it happened, I told my class that um, I might be a little bit more, um, you know, fragile.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, throwing yourself out of necessity into the work was something that offered a kind of balm, like a distraction from the from your grief. And, and the pain that you were experiencing. And I've heard other people say that too about um, the, the kind of pace of trying to um, li- live during this time that it meant that the focus went into work and less so than into some of those other more painful parts that are hard, were harder to, harder to deal with. And it sounds to Violeta, that then your grief and saying goodbye, that's been deferred to a time when you can get back to Romania. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's very well put. It's it's being deferred, and definitely now until, you know, vaccinations and everything takes over.
0: Well, I very much hope that um, it is soon that you will be able to be reunited with your family and to... Be able to say um, to say that goodbye to your father, and, and once again, I'm so sorry for um, mm-hmm. the loss that that you experienced this year. So, um, and certainly, you know that is just such a, a difficult thing to be grappling with as you are doing this work of online teaching. And I know that our students have been. Um, really struggling with um, and trying to cope with so many new challenges and that the usual challenges of university are now very much emphasized. Right. So they're they're really emphasized under these conditions. And um, we were talking before um, before we started recording about just the importance right now of really sharing um, our stories and sharing our experiences so that students can have some support and some comfort, um, not only for what they're going through now, but also for those days when we return to some kind of normal, uh, because those challenges will still be there, uh, just perhaps in a slightly less emphasized form. And so I'm hoping, Violetta, that you, would be able to share some of your own experience as a, as a student, as an undergrad or as a graduate student, um, you know, some of your experiences with maybe challenge or, or difficulty, and just tell me a little bit of your story. I'm, I'm really um, eager to learn more about um, your own experience.
1: Okay, so, um, you know, my history as a student spans into my early thirties. So I, uh, I, did my, I finished my bachelor's and a master's in, uh, in Romania. And then I went and worked into in, in industry for about five years. And uh, soon after uh, we came to Canada, we, we decided to, came to come to Canada in 2005. Uh, we arrived here and I came here on a student visa as a PhD student uh, accepted into University of Calgary. And um, you know, I, I had been out of school for such a long time. I'm not saying was I I wasn't the oldest grad student in our group, but you know, I was on uh on the more experienced side of uh, the students in our group, which at the time was, you know, about 13 people. Um uh I'm going to share with you the fact that, you know, when we arrived to Canada, I didn't leave the house for a week because uh I didn't want people to know how bad my English was. <laughs> so,
0: you nervous. Yeah.
1: I was very nervous and uh, you know my my husband was familiar with the neighborhood within 24 hours. Like he knew that we have a safe way there and we have this there and this there and eventually I had to go and meet my supervisor, so that went well, I think. I think um you know, we had a pretty pretty good conversation about, you know, uh, my what my degree was going to be and uh, I met a few of my colleague, future colleagues and they're very interesting to me and then um so you know I came from a d- very different educational system my undergrad was uh, uh so I went to to university soon after the communism fell in Europe so um we were transitioning from you know the communist model to still a memorization based model but uh, with some more freedom um and uh you know the system was different the resources we had available to study were very different so you know when i came to canada um i had to i had to recall all the chemistry knowledge that i had because it had it had been uh, around seven years between when i graduated and Uh, 2005 and um, it's not only that I mean I knew my chemistry but now I had I had to recall that chemistry in English I had to relearn chemistry in English this Hmm. time so I still remember the struggle I had in a grad course with taking notes because I understood what was um, what was being described to me but I didn't have time to write it to process it in English, so I would study in English, and then I would continue Romanian.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, and yeah, that was one aspect of the, the the struggles that I was facing. I really wanted to be part of the culture, and the my, my you know that my my group mates were wonderful. They were so you know um, understanding and accepting. Of me, and they were they were trying really hard to, you know, to basically to make sure that you know I, I don't see I don't face any hardship, and uh, they would take me out, you know, they and uh, we we would go to pubs and we would, I was I, that's how I learned about chicken wings. I hadn't had chicken wings <laughs> in Romania. We don't eat chicken wings. I mean, I'm sure now they they do, but at the time. It, they Don't were very popular. <laughs> no, not popular. And uh, you know, I had to figure out uh, what type of dressing I want with a salad. I didn't understand why people would sell you a salad with no dressing on it. Or why would they give you all these options? You know, I had too many options, I guess. I had to... I, you really need to know what you want in North when America. Which
0: also to, as you say, like the, the moving from a communist uh, way of living, right? Which you were you were just transitioning out of, right? And then it's it's coming to Canada where culturally things are very different anyway. But as you say, hey, why so many options for so much freedom to, to choose what kind of dressing you want?
1: Yeah. And going to Tim Hortons and, you know, deciding on a bagel. First of all, I, I didn't know what a bagel was. Okay, it's just this bread that's shaped in a different way, but uh, you know, I had very interesting conversations with my my colleagues. And sometimes I wondered what they thought about me. I think they sometimes I think they thought I was, you know, I'll not living on an island. <laughs> I literally live on an island now that, uh, you know, didn't let us interact much with the outside world. So, you know, in terms of struggles, I think one of the biggest struggles, you know, aside from this, this entertaining stories of me trying to, you know, understand what a scone was and, you know, what's the difference between a scone and a muffin. Uh, I had to adjust to, I didn't know what was, it, what was expected of me. I am a first generation student, nobody in my family went to university, although it was expected of me to go to university. <laughs> but um. I, I didn't know what, uh, what was expected of me, ad- other than working hard, right? But when do you know you worked hard enough? When do you know that, what do you, where do you draw that line? So I try to follow the examples around me, but I got contradictory information. Um, and you know, in chemistry, when you do research, different projects have different timelines. So when you see somebody who's more successful than you, you you try to think that you know maybe, maybe it's maybe it's you, but then somebody comes to you, somebody with more experience, and it says no 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 your project is supposed to take longer, because of the nature of the product. So I had to find myself. I have to, I had to find who I was as a newcomer to Canada and uh, who I wanted to be. Um, so it, it was a very, it's still an ongoing self-discovery process that I'm undertaking. And I think I'm going to keep learning as long as I live, you know, who I am. And, uh, uh, I, you know, our undergrads, they they want to know, right? They want who they're going to be. They, they feel like they need to make a decision day one. If you ask me when I was a child what I wanted to be, the rule was every child would say, I want to be a doctor, you know, because that's what every adult wanted to hear, you know, that ambition, that desire to, to work hard. And I never said I wanted to be a doctor because I didn't know. So I still remember my mom nudging me and saying, say, you want to be a doctor? And I was like, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. So... Uh, it's okay not to know who you want to be. You might be surprised by who you be by 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 the person you become later on.
0: And I just find in your story, Violetta, that it was clear that you were um, really, you know, as an international student, you were learning the language. You, as you say, were were trying to understand some of the, you know, and and sharing those funny stories about not knowing about a bagel and those kinds of things. But, but then there was also the piece of your notes and, you know, trying to keep up and, and only being able to move so quickly as you were um, taking notes in English. And then also the other piece that you've shared about being the first in your, the first generation to be at university. And that I think you know, it's also about culture, right? Like the culture of university and, and how to do do that. I mean, your question about, oh, everybody says, well, work hard. So you know that, but then you don't actually know how hard is hard. Like, have you worked hard enough? And And that you were looking at your peers. So looking at your classmates for models, right? So kind of like, what is the group doing? You know, what is everybody else doing here? And so you're also then trying to learn all of that as well, which seems so um, huge to me, right? To to be taking in, right? To try to be, so as an international student and then also navigating university culture, right? And and, uh, in that way and uh, graduate school, right? Like what, what are the expectations of me when I don't have the context? Like I don't, you know, not only am I doing it now, in a language that is not my first language and in a country that is not my country. But also it feels foreign to me in that I don't have um, a guidebook to this to this university and academic culture.
1: Academic culture. That's what uh, that's what I I was missing. I was I I, you know, I did not know what is what was expected of, of me as a as a grad student. And I know it sounds a little bit ridiculous uh you know you you just have to to be very productive right so this is this is what i heard a lot you know uh, how to you know you have to be productive you have to increase productivity and uh, um in all honesty i don't like this word being productive because being productive it's all about visible results uh but sometimes you are productive if you manage to grow, to go through a, a difficult day right so if if you manage to um, yes i don't know face a comment that um, you you didn't expect so some sometimes you you're just being productive by just you know taking care of yourself
0: and i think that is something that um it's especially in grad school whereas you say Um, productivity is championed as the benchmark of success and that that can put so much pressure on a student and I think it continues into our lives now of course uh, not just as academics but it seems to be a hallmark of contemporary culture to talk about productivity uh, as the sign of a successful person and you know how much output and people talking about how busy they are as a, a kind of heroic act, right? That yes. uh, I'm just so busy. Um, but what you have have shared here, uh, Violetta, is also that productivity comes in many different forms and maybe we need to reframe thinking about productivity as, as you say, the labor of of working through a tough day or a tough situation, right? The hard work that um, we put into um, even living through this pandemic and, and thinking about the emotional and um, intellectual labor that comes in other forms, right? And so that care of the self is also a kind of productivity um, which is is what you've just said, right? So self-care, um, that that is work and that is productivity that needs to be valued and recognized
1: just something that you know i uh, i learned right i learned that sometimes you're, you're just being productive by just making sure that the the premises for being productive the way society expects you to be are attained right so you're you're being productive in your attempt to to make yourself ready for being productive
0: So Violetta, um, was there something that you found particularly helpful um, during this time? So certainly, as you've shared, um, trying to reframe productivity, trying to think about um, not being too wedded to a particular idea of the future, perhaps. And I know that um, you wanted to say more about that. Um, I'm just wondering, what was uh, supportive or sustaining or helpful for you during this time?
1: I think I liked what it was, what I was doing. I I liked, I liked, I love organic chemistry. I liked what I, what I was learning about, you know, um, the, the tiny molecules, the little things happening when I was mixing things together, I worked through, you know, my project was about synthesizing a molecule that's synthesized by a ladybug. So, you know, a ladybug is capable of making a molecule when it's threatened so that's part of her defense mechanism, and I spent you know years of my p g trying to synthesize that molecule. So you learn a lot about. Um, so I liked what I was doing. That's one way, one reason. Uh, the my my peers, my colleagues, you know, I can call basically all of them my friends. They are very. We are a very uh, close group. We are very you know supportive of each other very understanding of each other and all we are also very honest with each other right so i heard of groups where the where competition is uh as you know um the main characteristic of that group where people would compete with each other and even sabotage each other i did not uh, experience any of that you know we are all very we're sharing we were uh They were, they're all lovely people, you know, and we're working so hard and we were so tired, but we were, we had time to laugh, to make fun of our own, you know, failures as, uh, you know, some days were good, some days were better than others in the lab. So I guess, I guess the culture was supportive, the culture in the group I was part of so so
0: so these were your good friends and that offered the support that you uh needed at that time i love the stories of them introducing you to chicken wings for example
1: oh yes they they were very like and i don't know exactly i think that sometimes they, they thought i was very naive uh but it was mostly me trying to to understand my my environment so um they 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 were you know they were very helpful, and uh, I was lucky to have them, you know, coming um, you know, coming from a different country. There were two or three uh, other international students, but um, anyway, we are all different, right? So we all basically, rather than, you know, us international students making our own group, we're all interspersed with the other, so we're, we're all one big unit graduate students and undergraduate students, because they had undergraduate students doing research in our group too.
0: And I also uh, think it's significant that you've, you've talked about how you loved organic chemistry, and your passion for that uh, helped you, I think it sounds like to me to, to really um withstand in some ways like the challenges of having to as you say like learn this all again in English would that be accurate
1: yes yes You, you if you do what you love eventually you kind of you know if you focus on the positive uh you might be able to not necessarily negate the negative but the negative fades away a little bit right so it's like you know seeing the meaning in what you're doing. And the meaning was, you know, I I liked what I was doing there, And uh, um, I didn't have to be purposeful about, you know, loving the thing I was doing. I just, I was lucky to love it.
0: And love the ladybug.
1: And love the ladybug, yes. I put it on my poster. And I, I went to a conference and I put the ladybug on a poster and my supervisor was a little bit taken aback. And he's like, are you leaving that one there? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I left the ladybug on the, on the
0: poster. Uh, I, I absolutely love that, Violetta. So, um, so Violetta, what advice or words of support might which you offer students who, whether they're in undergrad or um, starting to pursue graduate studies, what, and it doesn't have to be specifically to international students, but just uh, more generally, what might you what might you leave students with?
1: so i'm going to draw here on you know my uh, my the, the observations that i have of my students uh, so i loved organic chemistry and i i had colleagues as an undergrad that struggled with organic chemistry but nobody actually hated it or i don't remember us as undergrads being scared of, of a particular um, discipline so, or topic or So I was surprised when I heard that, you know, many of the organic students I was teaching as a TA, uh, they didn't like it. And they, uh, not necessarily they didn't like it. They were, they perceived organic chemistry as difficult. The reputation of the course was atrocious. Everybody expected to come into this course and fail at least once. Not everybody, the majority. So, um, you know, the the piece of advice that I that I would give students um, listen to others, but do not make their conclusions yours. So, come to the course, see what the course is about, and make your own mind. This idea, you know, that, that this idea of a fixed mindset, where where others decide how uh, how things are going to work for you. It's something that we have to, we have to avoid. Um Make your own assessment, do your own research, make your own mind. Don't let, don't let others, if you don't make your own mind, others are going to make your mind up for you.
0: True, very true. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, there is a, there is a tense in English grammar that I like very much in that we don't have any Romanian and is a present continuous. So... Always live your life at the present or in the present continuous. Because I would have never thought growing up in communist Romania that one day I'll be an academic in Canada. So it's okay to let yourself be surprised.
0: And that is just such a a beautiful thought. And the element of surprise and of present continuous. Violeta, can you just explain a little bit about what um, just in case uh, some of our listeners are not uh sure of their english grammar and uh, what tense the uh present continuous is can you just say a little bit more about it
1: so the way i see it is an um it's an action that's that's not completed it's an action that's you know continuous it's a present continuous so you don't talk about past or future You're, you're living in the present and um you know, one of my favorite cartoon movies, and some of my students know that that, uh, is Kung Fu Panda. I don't know if you saw it, but yes, at, w- at one point, right, the wise turtle says, you know, the past is history, the future is a mystery, the present is now. That's why it's called a gift. So... Present continuous, you know, you don't have to let yourself define by it, by, you know, what happened yesterday or by what might come tomorrow. Believe in yourself, I guess, and uh, take care of yourself and uh, just see yourself as a work in progress as opposed to a finite product.
0: And also as something that is uh, still unfolding and and that's where definitely it, it's a surprise right so if it, you said that in um in romanian you would just have i do not uh i'm, I'm doing. doing i'm doing and the do i'm doing the present continuous is that it's happening still it's not over it's not the past it's it's the present happening the present unfolding right that is as he's obviously con- continuous and i i I love this idea so much because I think Violetta, it also goes back to what I've talked about in the very first episode of Waving Not Drowning, where I talk about um, the metaphor of life as a draft that is constantly in revision. And the present continuous feels very similar, right? That it's it's still a work in progress. It's still unfolding. And that means that there's room for those beautiful gifts and surprises that you've talked about, and also um, a sense in which, as you've shared, you 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 don't really control the future, and so it's hard to um, you know think about uh, and to and to predetermine it. And in, in fact, we shouldn't be trying to to predetermine uh, because just as you shared about um, being asked what you would want to do when you were an adult and your child self like resisted that so you were already living the present continuous back then even though it didn't um, exist in your language and you said you were nudged to say say doctor
1: <laughs> I was nudged a few times in my life to, to do things that I, that you know other people did and I uh, it's not that I didn't want to do I just I recognized that things that other people want to do don't feed me. And uh, I think what surprised the, the adults around me the most was the fact that I, I would say it out loud. I would verbalize that. I would say, no, or it doesn't make sense, or that's not what I want. So in, in our culture, you don't say these things to the adults. You're supposed to be very compliant as a child. You're supposed to say, yes, I want to be a doctor. Yes, definitely. Yes. Well, and now you are a doctor. I am a doctor. That's doctor. the irony, isn't it?
0: It is. So, um, well, Violetta, I have just—I've uh, really loved this conversation, and uh, I know that uh, you know students listening will find your words just so helpful. But uh, I think—I think that um, I just want to thank you for just being so open and sharing your story with us and the story of your um of your loss uh this year and i'm certainly hoping that you will be able to get home soon
1: thank you very much thank you for having me it was a pleasure bye violeta thank you
0: in next week's episode of waving not drowning i talk with dr james Rowe, an associate professor in the school of environmental studies here at the university of victoria You might know James as the powerful force behind Divest UVic. In our conversation, James shares with me his experience of being an undergraduate student and looking for a purpose that was in alignment with his values. He talks about the role that meditation played in his life uh, then and now as a teacher. And finally, he really shares uh, his sense of optimism and how important it is that despite the really difficult times that we are living in that we are able to tap into and see the goodness the beauty and what he calls the paradise that is here i really hope that you'll tune in for this enlightening episode You can keep listening to episodes of Waving Not Drowning on Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. We'd love it if you would give us a like and a follow on Instagram at uvicbounce. Tune in next week for another great conversation. Until then, be well.